What they do, Flamely. We are back. We are back on the Hot D. John Spirits podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me as we continue to cover the Capocalypse, aka the Cat Attack. Who in hell left the gate open? Our response to the Cat Williams Club Shay Shay interview. If this is your first time listening, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you once again for joining me, all of my day ones, um, the new ones, and just begins. Make sure that you are locked in so that you'll know when I am dropping a new episode, okay? So we are continuing on with this bonus episode um, on the Cat Williams. I don't know what part we on right now. I, I think we on like about part five. I don't know. We're, um, we've been moving and grooving and going through and breaking down all of the people that um, were called out. I didn't really do the Michael Blackson one because, you know, Michael Blackson and Kat, I, I touched on it and it was nothing that, um, I don't want to say it was nothing. I, you know, I, I touched on it about, you know, um, him providing his feedback to him about the dashikas and all that. So if you didn't get a chance, make sure that you check out the first um, part of this um, series, we're going to call this a little mini series um, of the Catpocalypse, the Cat Attack, the response to the Cat Williams interview, okay? And breaking down and adding some things. If you didn't get a chance, also, listen, we have um, included Brandon T. Jackson speaking on the dress. So there's a lot that we are including here that's not really been included on anybody else's take on it. You know, nobody can do it like what? Me. Say it again. Can't can do it like me. Oh, 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 okay. So um, now we're going to get into Steve Harvey. Okay. Everybody knows Steve Harvey is a mean ass. Everybody knows that Steve Harvey is not a nice person. Everybody knows that Steve Harvey is opportunist. Everybody knows Steve Harvey. Uh, it's not money. It's not a black game. It's not a white game. It's a money game out here, Monique. These folk are gonna hear you talking about this. You ain't gonna never, never get, never, never no work no more. Meanwhile, Monique done got her little payout. She done had her Netflix special and she done um did her little movie, her little movie thing, her and Sydney, that was very good and very popular and very popping. And now she coming after that, Mr. Ogilvy money because they ass was around here getting all of those residuals and weren't paying her and counted bond and the rest of the um and Mr. Ogilvy and the rest of them on the cast. Mr. Ogilvy, I'm sorry. Um, you're gonna get a little stray, okay, during this little mini series. You're gonna get a little stray, okay. Love you, but you, you're going to get a little quick lick. I'm going to have to do it to you, but you'll love me in the morning. It's all a part of the catpocalypse, the cat attack. Who in the hell left the gate open? Okay, the response to the Cat Williams Club Shay Shay interview. Now, um, next we are getting on Mr. Harvey. Um, he discusses how he um, shut steve harvey down uh we are going i think i found the clip of the um comedy off joke off where he basically um according to cat and so far no lies detected had uh basically destroyed him and stopped him and retired him from doing stand-up comedy he just went on and did his little seven tv shows and stayed there trying to keep an eye on his hope Okay, let's go. 
Y'all know I gotta do me. I gotta do me. I gotta do me. So we're gonna get now into some um audio. Uh, fair use, fair use, fair use, copyright 1976. Okay, section 107. This is for commentary purposes only. Y'all want to see the full interview? You have to go to Club Shay Shay. Okay, K. And trust me, it's worth it because he drops a lot of jewels in there. A lot. It's so much to cover. Till you got that's why you see a lot of people just telling you, just go and, and watch it. Watch the full two hours and 46 minutes. You will not be disappointed. Okay. Um, if you want to break down on on some of the main topics and stuff, uh, you know, I'm loving it. Make sure that you're sharing the podcast so that everybody else is is hearing it and getting the clips on it and our little tidbits that we're adding in to support what Kat is saying, you know, back down memory lane. Okay. That's how we do it over here. The originators, not the copy pasters. So without further ado, let's before i get on my cat williams let me get into what he had to say about steve harvey and then we're going to introduce mr don dc curry who has a very interesting story to tell you all in regards to cat and steve so hopefully i don't get any kind of and timu you know, it's got to be an ad in there. But here we go. To go watch Mark Curry do his whole sitcom and then stole everything Mark Curry had. Now, Steve got a sitcom where he the principal and he wear a suit and he and then he gets this high top fade, making all black men think he got the best lineup in the business. And it's a man unit. Then you ask it, why you not a movie star? I didn't want to be a movie star. This the same Negro that hated on Bernie with this same thing. I didn't want to be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asks for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good over cable and look like Mr. Potato Head. There ain't none. You would have to have a range. I played a lot of characters, 60 movie roles. I'm not playing Cat Williams in there. I don't know, I don't know, Cat. We might not let you drink anymore the way you, you, I mean, we ain't even got- I'm not fueled by alcohol. I've had a sip, less than you. This is like Steve Harvey telling people he used to be homeless. That's my story. That's not his story. Steve Harvey wasn't never homeless. When he, Mark Curry was touring with him 25 years ago, he was making $3,000 a show in cash and doing five shows a week. They, they just tell the stories. This, my, thanks to my wife, I'm where I am. You said that about the first wife. You forget <laughs> that? You told us it was her. Then you went and married somebody else that think like a man. Like, what are you talking about? They just, they think they can rewrite history. The, uh, uh, Guy Tory did a beautiful special about the comedy store and Fat Tuesday, where he said that Steve and Cedric and Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish came through there and made all lies. Steve and Cedric never performed at the comedy store at all. Tiffany was only seen at the Laugh Factory in 15 actually bald and that was a wig and i went in and that's why he couldn't do stand-up anymore imagine him coming to tell you another story where he got so big and it was bernie and them's fault because they wanted to be movie stars what you called ocean 11 to get that niggas part 
What do you mean you didn't want to be a movie star? So on the behalf of Bernie, I, I would have I to say what I have way. to say. Have you, have, ever been on, have you ever been on tour with any of these guys? The guy, I, I want to back up. Every guy I mentioned to you is not funny out there in real life. Let's back something up. Thousand people and lost because Cat Williams said he was actually bald and that was a wig. And I went in and that's why he couldn't back do it on up. Where he said that Steve and Cedric and Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish came through there and made all lies. Steve and Cedric never performed at the comedy store at all. Tiffany was only seen at the Laugh Factory. In 15 years in Hollywood, no one in Hollywood has a memory of going to a sold out Kevin Hart show. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about. They tell you that themselves. I can't do that because I. Steve told you that he stopped doing stand-up because he has seven TV shows. The only problem is when he stopped stand-up, he didn't have those seven TV shows. He stopped stand-up because he got in a comedy battle called the Championship of Stand-Up Comedy with one Cat Williams in Detroit in front of 10,000 people and lost because Cat Williams said he was actually bald and that was a wig. And I went in and that's why he couldn't do stand-up anymore. Imagine him coming to tell you another story where he got so big and it was Bernie and them's fault because they wanted to be movie stars. What? You called Ocean Eleven to get that nigga's part. What do you mean you didn't want to be a movie star? So on the behalf of Bernie, I, I would have to say what I have to say. Have you have ever been on Have you ever been on tour with tour? I'm not gonna have a conversation with these lazy bums that'll take a shortcut at any point. Yes, it's easier for you to juice than to get in the gym, but you don't get to bring that body in here talking crazy. Talk about how good you look. What? No, no, there's too many comics out there that are putting their life on the line to tell these jokes, man. Okay. They're all a group. Cedric, Steve, Ricky, they've been a group. Everybody knows that. They've been aligned. And, and there are these alliances in comedy. And if you stand against them, then they sometimes have a problem. But we don't let that change the content because that's all you know me for, is that I'm quite likely to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. You mean to tell me if Steve Harvey, your favorite comedian, you mean you've been waiting for him to do stand-up for 15 years now? I mean, Steve got a, got a, a lot of other... DL, DL's still out there. None of those irons matter to stand-up. Who cares that they wrote a placard for you to do Family Feud on? Like, you're... So you're successful because we're surprised you can talk for a living and it's entertaining that you're gonna say some funny country things. But not a writer. Right. Not a writer. When you got into stand-up, was crossing over, was doing TV, was doing movie, was that a, was that a part of it? You're like, okay, I'm, gonna do, I, I'm doing stand-up. Okay, next, next, the, the next progression is TV movies. Throughout, throughout the history of stand-up, sir. That's, that's the goal for all of us. That's how it goes. That's why when you hear these dudes talking about, oh, I didn't want to be a movie star. You just know it's disingenuous. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, oh, no, no. I just wanted to do a game show. Right. What? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I thought you did Mark Curry's show over after he had just done hanging with Mr. Cooper.
Why would you do all of that man's stuff that he did on his show on yours? And then do the dude's stand-up when <laughs> you go on the road. And then you never put Mark Curry on your show or nothing. Like, if you don't say anything, these dudes will run over you. I don't know if you know how bullies operate. I but do. if you don't stand up for yourself, there really is nothing they won't do. Right. So. Do you consider yourself a king of comedy? Y'all, come spend the day at sea with me on an adults-only cruise. So I woke up okay. early-ish, had coffee on the balcony. Where did Kevin... No, they, they consider that. Oh, that... Like, like, when after Bernie left, them same three guys I'm telling you about, the Kings. Yeah. Right? Because DL is the greatest. Yeah. There's no DL slander gets tolerated. Um, but they came to me. I was supposed to be the fourth King. I got the offer. Then what happened? But I turned it down. Why? Because you shit on Bernie. And I know the truth. You think I'm going to let you shit on Bernie and then come get me? I'm the next king? Fuck you. <laughs> Why? Because the whole time Bernie was here, you was acting like you was funnier than him. The reason you was supposed to go last is because it was your tour. Tell the truth. It was Steve's tour. Not it was going to be called the Kings of Comedy. It was Steve's tour. These are the guys opening for him. Of course you got to close if it's your tour. That's why it was such a big deal. But you couldn't do it because you can't beat the best. And until you humble yourself, you will forever be king by the king. And because you finally did it, because you had no other choice, and now that he gone, you going to act like, he wanted to be a movie star. You stop it. You stop it. That man was funnier than all of y'all, and y'all thought y'all had one over on him. You thought he was black and ugly, and you were good looking, and he couldn't make it because you did. And that ain't the way comedy works. The king is the funniest, period, every time. And that's why no audience member was ever swayed. It didn't matter where Bernie went. You think if Bernie went first, he wasn't the king? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Get your ego out of this. You let the best be the best, right? Cat, Cat Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming on, bro. I really appreciate that. Cat Williams, ladies and gentlemen, Strong J, Strong J, Strong Motherfucking J. No lies detected. And if you want to really do a deep dive and go down the rabbit hole, check out Essie Berry, E S S I E Berry, B E R R Y, and all of her interviews. She had a uh, YouTube, it's probably been scrubbed by now. She had her own YouTube channel back in the day. And once again, Tasha K, I got to say it. Um, brought her on, even though Tasha K kind of messed up that relationship, but she brought her on her platform to expose Steve Harvey and a lot of things about Steve Harvey. Okay, we're not going down that rabbit hole right now, but if you want to look her up, and um, you know what, I ain't gonna even be dirty because it's a, it's a new year, it's a new me. <laughs> we going platinum, so she has a lot of um interviews with Storm Moreau. Why don't y'all go over there and check that out? on all of the interviews and the exposing of Steve Harvey, you will be shocked and you will be surprised and you'll probably change your mind about this man that you think you think like a man and don't let, you know, you already stole that book for some damn body, that script and all this kind of stuff. It's a lot of stuff by Steve that is not kosher, okay? Um, what was also kosher was that high top fade that everybody thought he had and we used to think it was lined up and he was talking about he traveled with the barber that lined it up every day, every other damn day in, in the no hell to the no actually he had a man unit aka for those who don't know what that means a wig 
that was stated also in some interviews with Essie Berry, but she brought that out. That was a wig. Mark Curry, those of you who are in our age group, okay, you know good and well about um, what he was saying about Mark Curry hanging with Mr. Cooper. He was the principal. He was at the school. Holly Robinson Pete was on the show. That show literally got remade by Steve Harvey. And not only that, Steve Harvey stole some jokes from him. About four years ago, Fox Soul, shout out to Fox Soul, did an interview with Mark Curry, and he brought up the fact that Steve Harvey stole an entire Halloween set from him that he did that was based on something that happened in his real life. It wasn't a made-up joke. This was in a lot of times with comedians, they will take a real life events and make a joke out of it. Well, he did that and copied it. He said, not even knowing that this was something that actually happened in his life. So I'm gonna see if I can play a tidbit of that. This is uh, copyright, fair use, 1976, section 107. This is for commentary purposes only. This is not for intentions of copyright infringement. We are going to play just a little um, snippet of the Fox Soul interview from four years ago. Mark Curry talking about Steve Harvey stealing from him. And then we're going to move forward with a story from Don D.C. Curry in regards to did Steve actually turn down two little black boys for autographs? Cat Williams' sons? We'll see. Let's go. The job after me. I picked him. Uh, okay, so tell he me about said Thank you. Well, so what's up with you and Steve, man? Uh, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing with me. Uh, well, Steve stole my material on his show, so I had a beef on that. On what show? Uh, when he was on his the, the, the bullshit talk show he had, and he did he he did all my Halloween material one Halloween. I'm watching. Uh, somebody called me and said, man, homeboy doing your material. So he did my whole Halloween run. And I know he didn't think of it. And uh, this this is true stuff that really happened to me. Uh-huh. And so my thing is, you don't have to do that, homeboy. So, you know, motherfucker, you made enough money, bitch ass, you know? Wow. You made enough money, you did enough, you know, what? why are you on my material? Right. You know, what's that about? You right. know, and then, you know, people want to jump up. No, he didn't know, he didn't steal your... So, yes, he did. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and so that, that hey, there's no need to... Do, no one else has did that. Mm-hmm. So, so this was on his talk show. Which talk was his TV talk show? Yeah, TV talk show. Okay, this was uh, the one he had on NBC just recently. Whatever, yeah. Okay. The, the one that, that, damn. Who took his show from it? Uh, Kelly Clarkson. How can Kelly Clarkson take your show, homie? Hey, bro. Damn. You know, so so you got show took by Kelly Clarkson. You know what's crazy? I met my fiance on Steve's show, on Steve Harvey's oh, really? talk show. So so that's that's another story. But I want to get back to that because I think that is the most new thing a comic can do. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, but I step to you, right? I'm gonna step to you. You ever step to him? Yeah, step to him. What you say to him? Yeah, tell me. I mean, tell him. Okay, I will. Is that I, we the got first you, time that had ever happened to you? Um, no. No. What irritated you so much about Steve doing it? Because he made it. He's he's okay. he's there. He's he's on national no TV. You got you paid. You did your thing. You you try to either you fucking with me or you disrespecting me or you you know I I don't understand that you taking food out my money. I, I my I, you know you taking whatever you know what I mean. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't that's plagiarism. Right. Wow. So, I mean, so we got you here. Steve ain't here. I'll yeah. ask Steve later. What'd you say to him when you, when you stepped That's it. Okay. That's it. Was it, you guys worked things out? Was it still? No, I, I saw him at the, um, at the, uh, the, um, not the, um, 
The Def Jam 25. Oh, Def Jam, okay. So okay. when I see you, I see you. Okay. So when I see you, I step to you. No matter where we at. Right. I ain't waiting, so I step to you. Uh-huh. Step to you. Did he apologize? No. He said he didn't know? Of course. Okay. How often does that happen in college? I think it uh, thief ass motherfucker. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of thief ass, thief ass dudes out there. Right. Yeah. But other people, other comments, you guys know about that, right? I mean, I and then you and you kind of shun other because I've heard other names. I'm not gonna mention any names about some of the comments that have these reputations for still other people. Yeah, yeah. Here. A lot of people still. Yeah. I see. A, every time I see a special, I see a little bit of me. Mm-hmm. See a little bit of my, some of my mannerisms or something. But I look at it like, oh well. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, now you're on tour now and. You are doing the clubs. Do you stop people from coming in with their cell phones? Does it bother you? Uh, it doesn't bother you. Can't stop it. World? You can't stop it. Yeah. So you got to just be good. You can't. You can't stop people from videotaping. That lady over there was videotaping. Mm-hmm. So you know what? <laughs> right. right. You know they gonna videotape. Just be good. And, you know when you do it, just be good. You know? Well, yeah, this is live, so it's going out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, like I, I told you out there, your mannerisms, your inflections mm-hmm. remind me like when you're doing some certain characters on stage, you remind me a lot of Richard. That's a, right. A That's lot right. of Richard. Just like your, it's, you do. I mean, so there you go. That was um, Mark Curry on the Mike and Donnie show. As you heard him say, he made his fiance on that. So y'all know that's um, Cynthia's ex-husband, Mike, who you heard saying he made his fiance on the show. But you just heard him and he said he said that was four years ago. Okay. So what Kat is discussing, what Kat is talking about is not a lie. Now, there was somebody that um is friends with both of them that discussed um Booyah. that discussed how you know a story that he was told in regards to um Steve and Kat, okay, and he was told this by Kat. He said they're both friends, and he's saying it's Don D.C. Curry, and you know, unfortunately, I have death in the family. Um, that was around Thanksgiving time when he came to town, and I missed him. It was him. It was um, oh my God, what's her name? The one that came out tapping, choking in the driving, doing the thing for um Oprah. When all that stuff was happening with Monique, I can't remember her name right now. I'm looking right at her, and oh my gosh, they had a little tiff over Gerald Levert. I'll come back to it. But anyway, Donnie Security, shout out to you. I hate that I missed your comedy show. Unfortunately, you know, had a little, you know, loss in the family. I didn't get to see him, but he's very. And y'all know he was in Friday. He's the one that played the unk when um they when um Craig moved to what El Samundo or whatever. And they won, and that's the uncle that won the lottery, and she played his wife. Oh my God, she ended up being in the comedy show with him. I cannot, can't, can't believe I can't remember her name right now. Uh, she's one of one of uh, comedians that I like too. But anyway, Don D.C. Curry has a podcast or a show, I should say, and it's on D.C. Curry TV, and it's called This Race. So y'all make sure y'all check him out. So fair use once again. Copyright 1976, Section 107. I want to play play this story that he told about Kat and Steve. So this is all to just tie into what is the, when you guys say, what's the issue with Steve Harvey? There's a lot of issues with him, but I'm just tying this in as it pertains to the Cat Williams um, situation. So let's see if we can get this without an ad. 
we'll go ahead and get it started up. So this is going to be Dondi C. Curry telling a story that he was told by Cat Williams in regards to his sons asking for, in, for an autograph. Don't get to the elephant in the room. <laughs> not you, not you, uh, Weebo. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. I thought that was my thing. He's on the road tonight, eh? He's on the road tonight, eh? New year, new material. He even coming for me. He is ready. Nobody. I'm not 24 going to be a good year, but nobody off limits. I'm sure. I'm sure y'all have something to catch with. I got 28 messages. I ain't even open yet. Did he say something about me? No. No. But but he did mention the, the next Friday cast, so I'm sure that's I'm sure those those 28 messages have something yeah, to do with you. Yeah, he mentioned 35. Yeah, right, right. He, he didn't mention you, but he did mention what you did not say. Everybody called me. Ricky Smiley called you. Boy, did he let Ricky Smiley have it. Yeah, I gotta watch this next Yeah, he let him yeah, have yeah. it. Where do you where do you where do you stand on interviews like that, DC? Where you, where where people. Well, yeah. Cat, uh, my friend, Steve Harvey, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he said friend and he did his hand like so so. So so y'all be Steve clear. Is, like I've said on the show before, he's very sensitive. I talked to Cat Williams after the him and the Steve Harvey blew up. And I said, Cat, come on, man. Because I'm I'm telling you the truth. Actually, when, even when Steve and Cat were going in, mm -hmm. it kind of saddened me, man. Because before that, you know, rappers would go at it amongst each other. Mm -hmm. Comics, we always had a beef amongst ourselves. Right. But I think that was the first time it was done out in public. Cat Williams versus Steve Hart. So I'm talking, to, I'm talking to Cat, and I asked Cat, I said, come on, man, what's, what, what's going on? And it's two sides of every story. But Cat's explanation was he was in a mall one time before we did next Friday. Cat was in next Friday. Right. And uh, he was just a working comic. He had two sons. Uh, they were in a mall and they saw Steve Harvey. Hmm. Steve Harvey was on Steve Harvey's show at that time. His son said, That's Steve Harvey. Cat said, Yeah. Sons wanted to go up and ask Steve Harvey for autograph. Cat told him, go ahead. This cat story to me now. Okay. The boys went up, Steve Harvey, to make a long story short, rejected him. Big time. They came back to Cat. They said, he told us, you know, he ain't doing none of that. And he and the boys went back and told him, Cat Williams, my daddy. And supposedly, Steve said, who the fuck is Cat Williams? <laughs> Which at the, at the time was a good question. Mm. Cat told his boy, don't worry about it, come on. Fast forward a year later, when Cat has come to be the cat that we know him. Yeah. Steve was having trouble selling tickets in Detroit. They had a cat to the show, turned it into Cat versus Steve Harvey's show. Mm. And Cat went out and just just ripped the hole in Steve's mm. ass. So that's Cat's satisfaction. Yeah, basically that's how it was. He said he's the reason why Steve Harvey stopped doing stand up. I don't know about all of that. <laughs> but I'm just saying what he said. Yeah, just have to show. But I mean, uh, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult position for me because I, I respect both of them, not only on the talent 
but on what they've been able to achieve. And you, you can argue about the talent, but you cannot argue about the achievement. Both of them have done extraordinarily well. Both P and I went out. Caddy called us, and Cat was living in, was it Swanee, Bo P? Uh, Brazelton. 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 And Bo P went out and spent a day with Cat. And Cat said, DC, I want to talk to you. And Cat stood up at his house and talked for seven hours straight. Didn't sit down. And and some of it made sense. <laughs> so, so seven hours. And he had an opinion about straight. Everything. He said, DC, what you think? And I said, he said, but before you tell me what you think, <laughs> let me tell you what I think. And you may not think what you think no more. <laughs> and when Nimmy finished talking for about two hours, he said, now what you think, DC? I said, Nimmy, I don't even remember what the fuck the question was. <laughs> but he's my man, but he did a revealing uh what have you with Shannon Sharp interview. And apparently, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched about 20 minutes of it. And uh, he, said some, he said some controversial shit. Yeah, he did. Why, why do you think he has this hostility toward certain people? Because there are, there are still a lot of comedians. You think it's field. hostility or you think it's reality? I think, I mean, they both can be, they both can be the same. Confidence, some confidence also can be mistaken as hostility. Somebody who is overly confident, I brought like Cat Williams. Nope. We'll come back and conclude this, and then we're going to get on what the people aren't talking about. Apocalypse, y'all. We are back, y'all. We are in our little mini series, the Capocalypse Cat Attack. Who in the hell let the gate open? It is our response to the Cat Williams Club Shay Shay interview. And we left off. We are listening to um, the response of DC Curry, who had just shared. Um, a shocking story that we didn't know anything about in regards to uh, Steve Harvey basically rejecting Cat Williams' sons um, to give them an actual um, autograph when he was on the Steve Harvey show and they, they recognized him in a mall. And then when they said it with Cat Williams' sons, and he said, who in the hell is Cat Williams to say that to them? So um, that pretty much is where the beef started. And a year later, as um, Don D.C. Curry just told us, um, that's when he ended up on, you know, next Friday. And he got big and all of this stuff. So he's never forgotten that. Uh, and that's, you know, I wouldn't either if I sent my kids to you. That's that's kind of what happened with, um, what's the guy's name? They played a little superhero or whatever, and they saw him. I don't know if that was Lakeith. I don't think it was Lakeith. But, um they saw him at Disney World and he refused. He said he don't do autographs and he wouldn't take pictures with the kids, even though he's supposed to be, I don't know what, the, what these damn superheroes is. But in any event, let's get back on Dante C. Curry and then we're going to see if we can get to the um, Gary Owens piece where Gary Owens um, spoke out and um, he had a couple of interesting things that he wanted to say to Kat in regards to so-called fact checking and um, if we don't get into that on this one we'll get into it on a, on the next part of this mini series um, 
But I also want to discuss, like I said prior to the break, I want to discuss the things that they're not talking about that was in this um, interview that was very interesting. And um, yeah, so we're going to get into that. I'm thinking, I want to know, should I put this in a miniseries or, or should I actually put it outside the miniseries? But I think I should put it in it because he's the one that said it and I wanted to to just flow. I don't want to put it on Saturday shenanigans, but um, he said some very interesting things on um, Taraji P. Henson. I'm going to see if I can pull that out. And so, yeah, let's hear a little bit more of Don D.C. Curry, and then we're going to keep it rolling. He's an intelligent individual. Um, he, I mean, he writes all of his own stuff. He produces all of his oh, own stuff. Oh, yeah, you think he writes all of his own stuff? That's what he That's says. That's what he said. Uh-oh. That's he, what he said. He, he doesn't write all of his stuff. He said 19 years, 19, 19. Okay. And by all means, I'm not falling for being hostile. I know somebody who's right for him, too. I know somebody. Oh, really? I'm not knocking. Right. Because, you know, most of them had that. You know, Arsenio, my buddy, he had 14 right. Woo, did y'all hear that? That We we dropped coffee over here. We dropped coffee over here. Shout out to Don D.C. Curry on this race. Make sure y'all go to D.C. Curry TV. We're getting some we getting some strong coffee. We sipping coffee right now. So Cat does not write all of his jokes. D militant, maybe. Let's hear. You know, uh what's his name? Uh writes a cat. Uh D Militant used to. D Militant used to, but the other boy Red LA. That Red Grant, uh another boy. I know, I know Joe. Oh, D Militant, oh. that's cool. Joey, Joey, uh Joey Well. Joey Well. Right, oh, yeah. but I ain't knocking. I mean, that's 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 the you know you get a team. Yeah, you need a team. I mean, I, I, I never had one. I had uh, uh, Sean Miller wrote a little bit for me way back in the day, but it, it just didn't work out. When I was on Comic View, they had a budget for writers. I said, man, I don't need no damn writer. Give me that money for wardrobe, <laughs> and that's what they, oh, that's what they did. Yeah. I, I never had yeah, a yeah, 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 successful they have writers mm-hmm. now they ain't gonna steal your shit the comics 
but they're writers. Writers are yeah. sitting. In, I'm talking about they sitting in the in, in the place in Hollywood with no book, with a notepad, no yeah. mm, and they writing your shit down. Keep so it. they take it and they sell it yeah. to their artists, mm. and then the artists do it. and They don't know mm. that it's yours. DC, you know, back in the day in, in Hollywood, you would do a joke. And the, the, the guys who are ahead of you will go to TV with it, and they say it's the first one. The next night, first man. one, with, first right, one on right, TV right, on right. the joke. Hey, first one on TV. On oh, the joke. So when you on the road say the joke, they say, "Oh, you got that from Keenan." And Keenan ain't thought of this shit. Keenan no. used to bring his writers from me, Kenan. but you can't really blame Keenan, right? Because the writers that write for Keenan are sitting in the clubs in Hollywood. I'm talking about literally, man. With no notebook, he had all eleven of them, all fourteen of. Now, this is what I want to say in regards to that, and then we're gonna um move forward. Um, that's what I addressed here on the podcast platform prior to me taking my hiatus in regards to when we are here on the podcast, you have your own personality. You have your own way of delivering the news or delivering the trending topics or whatever, you know, you might be doing. Um, if you're doing crime shows or whatever your niche is on doing your podcast and you literally have people that work for YouTubers or YouTubers themselves, or I call them the copy paste. Some of them are copy pastes. I don't want to say content creators because some literally do create their content, but a lot of them, they will sit, they will listen to your podcast. They will take your mannerisms. They will take your euphemisms. They will take, you know, your ideas, how I open, have, you know, intro music and, um, outro music. I started seeing a lot of them doing that. Um, so I said, when you know, our, our um, motto is over here, 10 times, 10 toes down in this shit. A lot of them start saying 10 toes down. You know, when I'm giving you guys something that's like a throwback, I don't say throwback, I say back down memory lane. You literally have a, a copy paste out there that's going to start saying that, uh, let me take y'all back down memory lane. And they do this little goofy shit instead of you have so many fault. Like they said, you're a big, you're so big. You're the bigger person. You're the one that's out there and you can't be creative enough to do your own shit or your people can't be creative enough that's around you to do your own shit. No, you got to go and steal from somebody from a smaller platform and then get out there and be cocky about it. And when they call your ass out, then all of a sudden they're bitter, they're this, they're that. And then you try to make your little slick ass comments, but you make your slick comments on your platform and try to make your little jokes without without actually calling that person's name. Because you still don't want to bring attention to the fact that they are the ones that you got it from. Because they know once they get on that person's platform, they're going to realize, oh, this is where they get that from. This is where they get that from. That's where they get that from. So this is some real snit that happens in Hollywood and here in um, content creating. Um, and I said that in 2024, we, you know, the Pandora's box is open. This The, the reckoning has arrived. Revelations. Pandora's box was all that was last year. This is the reckoning. And we're gonna be wrecking some hoes that's gonna continue to try to come over here and try to steal swagger jack, if you will, from your girl. I'm not having it. If you got 200,000, 250,000, 10,000, or whatever your number is, and you got that many followers, you got that. By being yourself, did you not? Or were you too busy swagger jacket for somebody else until y'all see the next best one coming up? Now, I love Martin, but we all know, if you don't know, Martin's show 
was really based off of a DJ's radio show. And I want to say his radio show was based out of Philly or uh, I'm trying to remember where, uh, or Detroit. It was actually in Detroit, the same place that the show was where uh, Martin and Gina and all of them were located. There was an actual DJ that that show was marked after, his show, Facts. So they do this all the time. Now, let's, you know, I just had to put that out there because that 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 gets on my nerves. They say, you know, imitation of foreign fairy like Cat Williams say, no hell it's not. Like Mark Curry say, no hell it's not. No, don't steal my shit. Because I'm doing this to build and I'm doing this to attract those to me. That's my personality. This is who I am. So you're gonna try to take and swagger jack what I'm doing. Oh, oh, let me do this. So let me do that. Oh, the same way. No. Keep doing what you've been doing, right? Because you are the shit, right? You you got your own thing that you're doing, right? So if that's the case, then do you, boo. Don't come over here trying to stay from me because I stay true. So I I agree with that. Um, Didn't know that Arsenio Hall, that was a little stray. I guess we got Arsenio Hall had like 14, 15 writers. I was like, wow, we always, these people are listed as comedic geniuses, but we have to also remember too, just like rappers, just like um, authors, they get writer's block. They literally get writer's block. And I, you know, even um, with the music industry, I think that's what's, what happened with uh, Cardi. I know that she don't write all her stuff. Um, no, but she did used to write some. And she does, she have collaborators. She do have writers. Okay. Um, Beyonce don't write. She buys the rights. Can I say it in? She don't write. She buys the rights and she can perform it. She can deliver it. That's a whole different thing, but a whole different ball game. But when you in a game as content creating and 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 commentary and um and, and comedy, it's the way that you deliver, it's who you are, it's what you say, it's your swag, it's all of that that brings in your listeners. Okay, your subscribers. I don't want to say followers because we're not a cult. We are flamely over here. So, <laughs> so I was like, wow, when he said that. So, cat, I don't know. This your boy, Don DC said it. He said it ain't no big deal. And I didn't know D Militon. D Militon, one of the best comedians out there. If you don't know, you now you know. And look him up. D apostrophe. Militant, M-I-L-I-T-A-N-T. Trust me. And he always uses to have the dashiki on like he was a Black Panther, the, the shades and the beret. I loved him and he was very funny. So I could see, you know, um, D Militant's um, stamp on 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 your jokes. I could see that. And like I said before, even about with, with Kevin Hart, with his wife, his wife was helping him write his jokes. Um, the Plastic Boys, and if you ever saw the plastic, the plastic boy. Listen to me. The plastic cup boys. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he was kind of funny, and you could tell his joke when he did get up there to perform his jokes. You could tell these are some jokes that he gave. You know, you could tell he had to be one of the writers for Kevin, just the way that he delivered it, the the what the joke was based around. You could just tell. Okay, so there y'all go, man. Um, Don C. Curry broke that down. Now, I want to get into um, the fact that outside of the writer thing, which technically, like he said, he probably was writing his own thing, and they only named two people, Joey Wells, shout out to you, and D. Melaton, that 
he and he did say, and I'm glad the guy said it, he did say that, and he did get with Mark Curry, and Mark Curry helped him to cultivate his act and his jokes and to help him develop his jokes. So I I don't want to say that we kind of caught up on a snag. I don't want to say that because I ultimately all of them have that. But I just had to um make my statement in regards to what they were saying about the person that's literally sitting in the audience with the the pen and the pad and they're ready that's what they have they have people that go, come in and and attach themselves to your podcast listen even when we did the um lizzo story over here and i broke down the rumor song because i'm a lizzo fan went to you know the lizzo tour when her first tour stop was here in florida and i went there so i know the word word for word so i broke it down and do, do like how i do over here I know there was a copy paster that literally went on her platform and was talking about it's a song out there, it's rumors and it's true and it's all, all this shit. Really, really. And I'm not saying I'm the only person I know, but I know I know that this person don't even listen to her and the way that she was delivering it. I'm telling you guys, it's a song out there and all this. She was telling to her listeners or whatever. So you know, you have people that's out here like that. That's real creep and real crappy and they try to come and take your shit but i'm just too snappy i got so many styles i am a group so i'm gonna always come with something new boo <laughs> okay so let's get into now that um we've gotten to the steve harvey thing uh i could go into so much stuff about steve harvey till it ain't even funny but y'all get the gist of that okay you don't heard what he had to say you heard the story um about him with his sons you heard mark curry tell you about steve and how he had to step to steve about you know basically selling a whole halloween set and put it on his talk show like he went deep so you must really love mark curry mark curry is one of the vets in the game so shout out to you mark curry um and no imitation is not fair the imitation is thief thievery that's what it is we're gonna call it what it is in 2024 it's not no damn flattery it's thievery and we getting tired of the thievery, okay? So let's get into um, some of the things that he discussed on the show, on the interview, I should say, that um, we have not heard of. And one of the things, what um, anybody talking about, but one of the things um, Shannon did get some questions in after he got them calmed down. One thing I want to say too, uh, really quickly, before we we move forward on that, I'm very upset with Shannon because I feel like Shannon kind of threw him under the bus a little bit. Okay, Shannon, I think he threw him under the bus a little bit when he went on Nightcap and he was talking in um Chad Ocho, um Chad Ochocinco, um shout out to you Chad number eighty five Ochocinco. Okay, shout out to you Mr. Johnson. I love your evolution and your evolution and your glow up too. Very proud of you. Um. Let's discuss how he was when Chad said to him, Oh, he well, he said, you know, you ain't had more than him. No, no, trust me, he had a had something before he came in there and all this kind of stuff. It was kind of sort of I think he was driving the Greyhound, Shannon. I, I might have to do, you know, part of this miniseries. I might have to do a little a little clip on you and let's see how you know you referred to it. I'm glad that you did let everybody know that. This, you're not a journalist. This is not your typical 60 Minutes Dateline type of interview. This is cognac and conversations. And y'all know what? Just a little fun fact. Do you know that I literally 
almost started to name my podcast Kiwi Cognac and Conversations. And I was told, oh, no, you don't want to put alcohol in your name and blah, 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 blah. And now look, I wanted to do, and I think I've said that here um, when we used to do our sip and stir shenanigans on Saturday night when we were live. And I said, you know what? I think I need to change this to Nightcap because we was going in so late. And now he got this show called Nightcap. So I'm like, you know what? I got some good ideas. I'm, 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 I'm going up this year, y'all. I'm moving forward in, in what is being placed on my heart to do. <laughs> because this much is true. But yeah, um, I want to get into what he had to say. Um, because he did ask some questions of Kat. Because Kat is a very intelligent man. Let's be clear. You just heard Donnie C. Curry say he literally stood up for seven hours and was talking and was and, and going over certain points and and he he does have thought provoking conversation and you can tell by his comedy stylings that he did start with the the white boys the storytelling um the intellectual comedy like a a, a black Seinfeld because he, he he goes to places where people won't go he's um uh, um. Oh my God, what is his his name? George Carlin. Like he will go into controversial uh, topics and politics and all of these things. He would dive into it. Chris Rock, you know, Chris Rock is one of those as well that would go and delve into controversial topics. You saw when he came back after the slap, baby. He, you may as well call that a punch. He laid Will ass out in that comedy special. I loved it. So, you know, he, he does that type of comedy and I love that about him. And he's so intelligent. And he was asked about a couple of things, including Taraji P. Henson. For those of you who um don't know how she's, you know, she's been very upset about how she's been paid or lack their uh, payment. So what I want to do is I want to play a little tidbit of that and give my little point. Uh, because I know that a lot of people aren't talking about um, what he had to say about that, which I thought was very... Um, I thought it was very deep and very uh, thought-provoking. So we're going to get into that and we're going to talk about that on on um, our episode, not part of this mini series, but actually on our Sipister Saturday shenanigans. We're going to talk about Taraji versus Oprah versus Color Purple. And now they are what they're out here trying to do to her. So we will be talking about that and I'm going to try to get this. Uh, broken down and put on to the YouTube channel. So we'll see if I can, you know, do like a small version of this mini series on the actual YouTube. And um, we'll see. We'll see. But Taraji P. Henson got extremely emotional the other day. She was giving an interview. Yes. And saying that. They're vastly underpaid and say the math is not mathing. They get X amount of dollars by the time Uncle Sam get his cut, by the time the agency get their cut, and what you see they were supposed to get is a fraction of that. Where, where, where do you come down on that, Kat? 
It was the saddest thing ever because imagine, imagine being in your genre, in your sub-niche, whatever it is. Imagine being in your lane. Imagine being one of the very top of your lanes that to the point where if they don't take you for the role, there's not three black actresses that they can say are bigger than you that we're going to give this to. Imagine you being at that point and have to humble yourself and say, they're not paying me, y'all. And they're not making my pay go up because I'm doing better or nothing. It don't matter to them that I'm famous and people know me or nothing. They want to pay me exactly what they paying the new girl. And I've been suffering under it for a, de a decade now and just taking it. I've just been getting whooped. But I just got to come say, this is wrong. <gasps> oh, we should be ashamed. But this is a country where we don't pay the teachers and then we say the kids is the most important thing. You can't have both of them. If you do that, we're going to end up with a generation that can't read. Guess what? Generation Z and A can't read. Why? Because who was giving them a book? We got an iPad or a phone. And now the letters don't mean that there's no cursive writing. Right. Sorry about that. So, yeah, it, this is what period of time it's in. It's the period where the victims get to say, they've been hurting me for a long time. And I just ain't said nothing because I was trying to be strong and I didn't want to shame anybody. When our people call out for help, we got to understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we, we, we put too much pressure on Tyler Perry. You know what I mean? He ain't put nobody on. The people that been in his productions, they not famous. All of them could walk through the mall without security. Be what you're going to be, but put your people on. If you a gay person and you in there, put some other gay people on. Put somebody on. Or don't be wondering why people keep saying gatekeepers. Because clearly, y'all are keeping these gates. Clearly. Who in the hell left the gate open? You are keeping these gates. You are keeping these gates. This has been going on for far too long. And this is the year of the reckoning. This is the year of the reckoning. The last should be first. The first should be last. So those of you who are here with the big platforms that's doing absolutely nothing with them, those of you who are down here and you're doing your movies and you're, you're going Oprah, Tyler, and you're employing your people because you know you're going to give them for a, a tenth of the cost that a Meryl Streep or a, a shit, who, whoever, Whatever um do this for um it's over. It's over. Who in hell left the gate open? It needs to stop. You cannot keep you can no longer continue to say there are no gatekeepers when you have more and more people that are coming out and saying, look, I ain't getting paid. I ain't making no money. And I was so glad when he spoke about the schools, a country that we're literally not educating the kids. Y'all took the books out of their hands and put, what he said, the, the fucking computers and the iPads and the phones. The iPad and the phone is put in their hands in replace of the books. Old school is the school. Old school is school. Y'all remove cursive writing. Like he said, words don't mean nothing no more. IDC. IDC.
I don't care. WITF. We make our little jokes around here. We have our little, you know, our um our abbreviations, our acronyms. I don't even think they know that's that's damn acronyms. They just know they're putting some letters together so they don't have to write the whole damn word out. Cause they probably wouldn't know how to spell a damn word. So I thought that was very interesting. I was glad that he did ask his opinion on that. He also asked his opinion on something that is very important. And he gave a very scary answer. And we are going to get into that. I'm loving this miniseries, y'all. Um, I'm trying to think of how I'm going to be breaking this up. So y'all know when y'all get to the last, 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 because we'll have our little music on the end. We're going to have to cut this thing on up. But um, so you guys are not having to sit for like four hours or whatever. You probably would because y'all love listening to me. <laughs> but um, he got into some interesting conversations about a lot. Um, and he got into it about the state of the world, you know, uh, Y'all, this is an election year. This is an election year, and this is an election year for which we don't really have nobody, nobody to vote for. But we are going to take us a quick break. I'm taking me a quick break. Have me a sip of water. I ain't on no yak, y'all. This is this is all me. <laughs> um, we're gonna fade on out. Take us a quick little break, and uh, we'll be back. And continue with who in the hell left the gate open? The cat apocalypse, the cat attack, our response to the Cat Williams interview, all that you heard and what they didn't want you to know. We'll be back. It's the Hotly John Experience Show. Okay, we are back. We are back. Thank you for hanging in. This is the mini series, our reaction um bonus episodes of the cat apocalypse. This is uh who in the hell left the gate open? <laughs> um, the cat attack. Um, our response to the Club Shay Shay interview. Um, and now we're gonna get into before we get into our last, you know, the things that they don't want you to know. We just got through or that they haven't been discussing that was also on the episode. We're gonna get into um Gary Owen, as you know, how he said Gary Owen didn't make it over, even though, you know, he's the white guy, he's funny, and he said he make it. Why do you think he never made it over? Well, Gary Owen has a podcast. Y'all make sure y'all check out Gary Owen's podcast. I don't know. I guess I still love you, White Chocolate, but I'm still mad about how you did my sister over there. I can't be getting involved in married people business. So we're going to leave it right there. But um, 
let's hear a little bit of what Gary had to say uh, on his podcast, Get Song. Y'all know he's always, <laughs> that's been one of his taglines in his comedy show. And uh, and for those who are out here trying to, you know, come up with it, like Corey Holcomb talking about, you know, Cat and J.B. Smooth and this so-called, um, I think you're reaching. I think, I love you, Corey, but I think you're reaching. That joke, I've seen a thousand comedians do the joke when they come out with the music. Hell, if, that, if you really want to go there, you may as well say, well, I don't know, because that was in 96. And I think what Kings of Comedy came out in what 2000. So okay, maybe it was. And I remember seeing JB Smooth. I saw him several times when he came here um, in Florida, in town, and um, at Crystals, at Razor's Palace. Those were the places to be where you would have the comedy show, and then it would turn into like the regular club, and you would dance the night away, and then go back to business. Beautiful times, beautiful times. But, um, and J.B. Smooth, I thought it was funny. A lot of people didn't think it was funny. A lot of people thought it was goofy. I think that over the years, he's become funnier. Um, and he was also in Real um, Husbands of Hollywood, uh, thanks to Kevin. So, um, Corey Holcomb, first he used to talk about Cat is his dude and you know all this, but now he done jumped his ass on the opposite side talking about, oh, but you did take this joke, the music joke from J.B. Smooth. When J.B. Smooth came out on um, Def Comedy Jam, and he had, was talk, he was talking about the song was so good, and he goes through these different emotions about how the song's so good. You know, you can, you know, f- you know, Superman can fly to it. You can stand in line and get your food stamps to it and stuff like that. And then they fast forward to when Cat Williams did the same kind of joke when he came out, and he was saying you can, you know, go through it was um every t- every day I'm hustling. And he was like, man, play that again. But I've seen um, comedians prior to that and prior to Smooth, I'm going to have to go down this rabbit hole if I have to, that have done the exact same joke where they come out on a good song. DL, was it DL? I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, I want to say it was DL. It was some, it was, it was one of the OGs though that came out and they were, and they were, um, tell you to, to start the song over again i know um they'll say oh this song is so you know hit it again and they'll do like a little dance to it earthquake has done that like a million and i, I don't know if you want to say it originated with jb smooth and then over the years you have different variations of it but i've seen so many comedians come out and then they'll say um Oh, you know, you ever been at your house and you're clicking the remote and this song come on and the song come on. You ever been in it? You know, and, and that's what Cat did. It's like, oh, you can go grocery shopping. You're in the grocery store. You can park a car to it and all this kind of stuff. So I think he's reaching with that one. Um, So whatever. I think another guy came on um online. I can't remember his name. I think I saw him. And he was saying that he found... Uh, Cedric the Entertainer's um, comedy show or, or stand for whatever on Netflix. Um, Baby Boy, you don't know if that shit was loaded in overnight. Maybe he put a call in and was like, oh, okay, you put that on there. I'm trying to remember if I saw a Cedric the Entertainer because I watched all of the old comedy shows on there. That, so I may have seen a Cedric on there, but y'all know exactly what the hell he mean about 
a comedy special or number one comedy special that you can find on YouTube and Tubi. Let's not let's not try to dissect it so much so you're gonna try to make it wrong. Let's accept it for what it was, which was him checking some guys that was on an interview that called him out and he called them back out about what they discussed on their interview. Just plain and simple. So let's hear a little bit of what Gary had to say and then we're gonna get into some other little things that people are not discussing that was very important um that he mentioned um in the comedy special so let's listen to a little bit of gary if you want to listen to the full episode make sure you check out gary owens podcast get some so let's go when we we catch strays we catch arrows like everybody else and we always say like just be honest don't say something behind my back whether you like cat or not He's not going to talk behind your back. However he feels about you, that's how he feels about you. Now, he did say one thing. Um, he talked about Ricky Smiley, and he talked about when Ricky Smiley went on Club Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp's podcast, which is a great podcast, especially for, I don't know a white guy, but for my demographics, and I'll get into that in a minute, what Kat said about me, but for my demographics, you know, Club Shay Shay, I'd rather go on Club Shay Shay than Joe Rogan, um, even though okay, I, I gotta get into the, I gotta unpack this this, this podcast because Cat made a comment where he said, uh, "Why you think Gary Owen, who's a white guy, has been doing stand up for twenty five years, hasn't crossed over?" And when he said it, I was like, "Wait, wait, was that a good thing or bad thing?" And I literally had to go to Twitter and start asking people, "Was I catching strays or what was that?" And they was like, "No, they were saying you haven't sold your soul." That's why you haven't crossed over. You've been consistently you, and that's why you haven't, quote, unquote, crossed over. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now, I'm not going to get into it, but I've been, uh, I, I was in an awkward situation one time where I can't say for 100% this person was trying to make me do something, casting couch type deal, but it felt like it. And I was like, is this, is this, is this that point where I've always heard, would you suck a dick for a million dollars? And I was thinking to myself and I was in this office going, in this room going, well, this is the, I'm, I'm about to answer this question. And the answer was no, I wouldn't. So, <laughs> now I, 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 listen, I can't say 100%. That's where the, it was going, but it felt like it. It felt like it. You got to be in the room to feel it. And I was like, oh, this dude is really coming on to me. Like this is happening in real life, and, and the, the 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 dude did it, and it always remained nameless. Uh, he, I think he was filling me out. Like is this this dude? And this is years ago. I was young in the game, but I, I was just like, wait a minute, is this happening right now? I was like, oh my god! And then did you hear that? Did you hear that? Don DC Kerr was like, yeah, I don't know if I would have exposed him, but I ain't saying he he said something nothing wrong. Now you hear Gary Owens saying the same thing when he's been in the office and what the conversation was leading to, it was almost like, you know, what would you do for a Klondike bar? You feel me? So let's hear some some more that he had to say in regards to this. I was like, I, I you know, I made sure I made it very clear, like women, I'm not going that route. Uh blah, blah, blah. So I'm not gonna get into it, but I I was wondering, I was like, ooh, is this gonna is this is this happening to me right now in real life? 
Now, I want you guys to pay attention to as well. Do understand. Do we understand how everyone responds and they say, I'm not, you know, that shall remain nameless. I'm not going to go there. Do you, are, are y'all getting this? Are y'all really understanding what? Can, who in the hell left the gate open? Because now we can see who's over there keeping the fucking gate. Cats telling you this is how these people have, that's how you get to certain upper echelons. There's levels to this shit. Ain't, didn't remember Meek told you that? While Meek was telling you what levels to this shit, he was over there on, at San Tropez or whatever, swimming off the side of a damn yacht being called daddy by damn Diddy. Okay? So let's be clear. This is not something made up. And I don't, you know, all this trying to act like every time somebody comes out, the Jaguar rights and the Orlando Browns and all these people that come out, they have been so attacked by the industry and, and, and seeing so many things that they come out and they and they tell you all these things that are going on. And then you and, and then people go, they crazy, they crazy, they crazy. Those days are over. Those days are over because now people, they might not, they, they may remain nameless, but they ain't gonna, they're going to be um full face value when it's time to, for the upper room. Full face value because God see you. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's real in the field. It's real in the field. Now y'all see why that's, why that saying became popular back in the day. When I, I never understood that. When it's, it's real in the field. They mean it. Like, it, it look all cute. When you're looking at it from the outside, when you really get into it, it's like, really? You think I want to do that? You want me to do this in order for me to get that? Are you crazy? Right. It's real in the field. So let's continue. So I think Kat was saying I haven't sold my soul, and that's why I haven't crossed over. I think the reason I quote unquote haven't crossed over like that, uh, I mean, there's various reasons. I've had... I've had TV deals in the past. I walked away from a pilot at Fox because uh, I I agreed to this show at Fox. I met with all these showrunners who were writers, and uh, I picked these two guys. And everything about this pilot was was racial, and it was a lot of Jewish jokes in it too. And I go, I'm, we were based in the the sitcom out of Indianapolis. I was a garbage truck driver. And the, the base of the show was, yeah, I was married to a black girl and we had mixed kids. And, but my circle was everybody on the back of the, um, back of the, uh, the dump truck with me, the garbage truck. And they had a, like a Jewish guy in my crew. There was like three, four of us, two guys in the truck, two guys on the back. And that was like my core, my boys. But one was like a Jewish dude. And I was like, wait a minute, this is Indianapolis. I grew up in the Midwest. There's not like, Jewish guys on the back of uh, garbage trucks with yarmulkes. I, at least I've never seen it. I could be wrong, but not in Indianapolis and not in Cincinnati, Midwest. And there was a lot of Jewish jokes. There was a lot of racial jokes. Because I remember I was reading the script, and at one point somebody said, I, I just got done having sex with my wife. And, and in the show, it would be like me and her in the bedroom. And then we cut away, and we come back, and I'm in the bathroom mirror standing there. So you're implying that we just slept together. And then I look back at her and I'm like, yeah, once you go white, you know it's right. Or something like that. It was like this goofy rhyme. And I go, my wife would stab me if I said something like that. 
I was like, what? So anyways, I walked away from this Fox deal and even the powers of be at Fox at the time was like, Gary, just no, no, say yes to this. We'll get to the pilot and then you'll have more say in what you can and cannot say. And I said, I can't do that. I was like, if I agree to this, I'm, I was like, and this is before cancel culture was around. I said, I'd be canceled. I was like, don't, don't cancel me. And it ain't going to be the writer's fault. Ain't going to be director's fault. It's going to be me. The lead of this show is all falling on me. So anything like that's said racially like that, it's going to be like, I don't know, like goofy. I'm not going to say the other word, but goofyish. I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I walked away from that Fox deal and I've had other, other TV deals and 90% of them was me either dating a black girl or married to a black girl. And they just, they never go. And it's, and I understand what someone was cat was saying why I haven't crossed over. Cause every time I went in and pitched a show, it was an interracial show and I was only pitching to white people and they looked at me like, like they just didn't get it. And then it was crazy when I pitched my reality show, BET's the one that bought it. And they, I didn't think they liked it. I didn't think Stephen Hill liked it, but he bought it and he got it and he liked it. And I was just like, oh, so, uh, yeah, I can see where, why I haven't crossed over. It's like when you go into a room and you don't, here's the thing. I hear a lot of black comics and, and, and black people say when they pitch a show, you go into a room, you don't see anybody that looks like you. Well, when I, when I go into these rooms and I'm pitching shows, I don't see anybody that looks like the people I hang out with. So I'm like, I am pitching myself as like, I'm this, and I'm going in there and they don't know who I am. So now they're looking at me like I'm some no name comic, which I do have a fan base. And then they're, it just feels very, it feels like I'm, I'm it does feel like I'm out of the click and I'm, I'm pitching the show to get in the click, so to speak. Uh, and I think based on what Kat said, based on what Gary has responded, he has once again proven what Kat said. In fact, um, he's walking in there as a man who has a black wife who has interracial children. So yeah, you are out of the clip because these are white Anglo-Saxon males that are sitting back here, or or Jewish males that are sitting behind these desks, and you do not you do not resemble who they hang with. You do not resemble who is in their household. You do not resemble who's a part of their family or their base. So yeah, when you're walking in, like you said, they they're looking at you like you know, crickets, head cocked to the side, like, huh? An interracial couple that goes in and you're living in the Midwest and huh? That will never work. When literally it's working because he's living it. When literally it's working because there are people that are like that are couples that are like that. This is a new America, and they they just they do not want to present that to the masses only time that they present something like that to the masses is when they're trying to build up i said what i meant when they're trying to build up they're going to present the the black show the interracial show the down show do y'all ever if you ever go on youtube and you see these ads because you know whether you got premium or not you're gonna get one or two ads you're gonna hit with it they're sponsored by these ads or whatever ads included sponsor you know sponsorship included whatever you will see this ad it's called moo and this lady is shucking and jiving and talking about weed. Oh, he used to do Wednesday, wine Wednesdays, but then I would go hangover with my girl. Now I do weed Wednesdays. Oh, I know you're not getting high up there, girl. 
and that's my mom oh my god without me oh yeah mom yeah that's what we're doing and all it's like um it's a little too blatantly racist and um i don't like it so these little mood commercials that you guys have on youtube y'all need to change them real quick we're not dealing with it okay seriously i think it's utterly disgusting and it's like feeding into stereotypes you can feel you if i basically feel so uncomfortable every time it comes on because they're they're trying to be stereotypical even though it's a white lady white friends and all this but the way she's talking so you may as well have on damn blackface is what i'm trying to say okay so if you ever get a chance and, you, and you're on youtube check it out and you tell me i'm going to put a poll down at maybe at the end of one of these maybe at the end of this um this part and see what kind of responses i get back in regards to that but let's let him continue talking and then we're going to get into some um very informative information that cat gave us and then we're going to conclude this little mini series of the catpocalypse who in the hell at the gate open the cat attack our reaction to the club shay shay cat oh. williams and, and that's just part of the deal I, I i do that going in i remember i remember one time i was leaving to pitch me at uh abc and i saw david arnold uh rest in peace rest in he peace. was getting ready to go in and he was waiting on kevin so him and kevin went in and pitched the show right after me because it used to be this i don't know if it still is there's pilot season pilot season is like from middle of january to like the beginning of march and you go and that's where you pitch all your shows to the network execs and stuff like that. And that you get all the auditions uh, coming in. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's when you're auditioning for policy and the shows are getting picked up. You're pitching in the summer. So this is the summertime that I saw David and Kev. And I didn't see Kevin, but I saw David. And yeah, you go in these rooms and you're pitching. You're just like, ooh. I remember one time I had a TV deal with Quincy Jones and we went in pitching and I'm like, man, how do you say no to Quincy Jones? And this was like 99, 2000. And I'm like, how do you say no to Quincy Jones? He's just coming off the Fresh Prince. And uh, we went in there, they're like, these execs looked at us and we was crazy. The show, we, I was like, I would trust Quincy. Even if I was on the fence, I was like, I'm gonna go with Quincy Jones judgment on this one because he clearly knew fresh prints before anybody else he clearly saw the color purple before anybody else and quincy would tell me story after what i what i am so thankful for with having that seven eight months i got to be with quincy jones was just the stories that he had you know he wasn't bsing it he was telling me stories how he got the color purple made how he had to make phone calls to spielberg and all these other people how he got will smith and the fresh prince off the ground when everybody was like no 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 nobody wants to see a rapper on primetime tv and quincy like did it uh so i get what cat was saying because at first i was like wait a minute what do you mean i've been doing this 25 years and i haven't crossed over and i was like oh okay it's basically i haven't sold my soul i don't think i necessarily have to sell my soul i just think i just think when i go into rooms if you're not in an interracial relationship you don't get it uh I you just know, told y'all that. You I see? think when you when you're unfamiliar with something, you're it's easier to just say no because I don't know how to do this. And then when you when you are familiar with things, you're like, oh yeah, I, I can see how this goes. So you know, but I listen. I got a great career. I'm not complaining. I'm still selling tickets. I'm still relevant. My name still comes up in conversations. So whether you didn't like what Cat was saying or you did like what Cat was saying. 
If your name came up in this conversation, if your name came up during that podcast, you're relevant. Look at it like that. There's no such thing as a bad press because like everybody's picking this up. Right now, Cat has ethered the internet. He's taken it over. This interview has, and everyone that got mentioned um, are, is responding. That's the thing. And I'm just listening. I don't know Cat's relationship with these people. I don't know. I do know. I, I can just speak on things I know. I'll put it like that. Uh, I know Cat's always been cool with me. He's always, he's done a couple. I've told the story about Austin, Texas, when he got me the limo for the night. Uh, in fact, I'll probably tell the story on my next special because I've done it on podcasts, but I've never did it in a stand-up form. So I think my next special, not the ones I just filmed, the the next one I'm gonna film. I'm gonna start telling that story on stage because it's such a good story. And Cat's done a lot for a lot of people. I know Lunell's told me things that Cat did for for her and her career. And I'm talking giving her opportunity and financially. And there's legendary stories of Cat, somebody going on stage before Cat, and Cat just giving him some money afterwards. Cause he was like, and he said in the podcast, he goes, if I see a comedian just destroy with good material, he goes, and people clap for him. And I know that dude's going home broke. He goes, those claps don't mean nothing to him. He goes, so I'm gonna, I might give him something. Just say, hey, that was that was a good joke. That was a good set you did tonight. I know, um, I know one, two. I'm not gonna say their names because honestly, I don't know if Cat wants it out there, and I don't know if these comics want out there. But I know three comics, three comics off the top of my head that Cat's done something for in stand up that was unexpected. Um, just cool stories that uh, you know. I don't know if they want me to share it, but I'll share it if. If they ask, I I asked Lunella to share her story, but she didn't text me back. So I'll wait for her to text me back before I share that one. But uh, I think, he, I mean, as soon as the interview started, Cat went in on Ricky Smiley. And I think his thing with Ricky, and it felt personal. The, the, the ones that felt personal was Steve Harvey, Cedric, and Ricky. Those three felt like, for whatever reason, Cat thought, that they wronged him. Now, just speaking from experience and knowing these guys like I have over the last 20 some years, I'm, I'm probably closest with Cedric. I'm not best friends with any of these guys at all, but Cedric, I don't think he's ever done wrong by anybody. One of the nicest guys in the business. If, if you know him, he's just great. So the fact that Kat thought that Cedric wronged him, right or wrong, I don't know. But it was seemed to be over a joke, over a joke that Cat did on Comic View the year I hosted. Because all, all this timeline, I'm doing it. I'm going. I'm a part of this whole story right. because I was there. I remember all these timelines. Like Cat is my era. Um, I remember before the internet. I remember that in the interview they talked about a Bud Light comedy competition. I remember that competition. I was in it. I went to the Comedy Act Theater. And I went to the first round and got to the first round. And then we got to the semis. And then the semis, like, I think three of us would move on to the finals. And then there was going to be like, and it was like, two, it was like two or three of us was going to the finals. And I was living in LA at the time. So I auditioned against the LA people. And I know there was a, there was one up in Northern California. 
There was one like in Chicago, there was in Atlanta. So I think maybe two people, I think it was two, moved on to the finals. And the final was, was in LA at some big theater. Even back then, and this was like 98, maybe 97-ish, I heard, I heard there's a guy named Cat in the Hat in the bed. I'm I telling y'all. I was like, I never seen him. They said, there's this guy named Cat in the Hat, man. He's destroying. And so I remember, I remember there's a comedian, Honest John. He was an older white dude. Honest John. Oh, I miss him. I remember I went up and I went up and I I did great. You know, I mean, I'm, I will say I killed. I killed. And then Honest John went up and he killed. And just to be honest, there might have been 10 to 12 comics on this show. Me and Oz John ripped the hardest that night. Uh, but I knew they weren't going to send two white guys to the finals. So it ended up Honest John got it over me. Honest John got to the finals. And then it. Okay, so y'all want to continue um, listening to what Gary had to say. You can go to his podcast on uh, Get Some. But I just wanted y'all to hear his part about Hollywood and those rooms and being um, propositioned and all of that, just like what Kat said. And I actually want to end on um, something that he talked about when Shannon. So make sure you check that out. It's a very good um, podcast episode. Get some um, Gary Owens. But. He was asked about Mark Zuckerberg and Mark Zuckerberg building a $270 million bunker. And what Kat responded was the following. He said, yeah, he's building a bunker probably because he knows that 30% of the nuclear uh, weapon systems are run on Wi-Fi. And if it ever so happens to be a bomb that goes off and accidentally it will accidentally set off all of the nuclear weapons. I want y'all to think about that. Mark Zuckerberg is building a $270 million bunker. Does he know something we don't know? Is Mark Zuckerberg the new is the Noah of the, the new age? Did you know that 30% of nuclear weapon systems around the world are run on Wi-Fi? I didn't. So it's a very good interview outside of all of the, you know, the comedy things and the, the beasts and all this good stuff. You guys really need to go over there, check out the full two hours, 46 minutes. Um, get you a nice little drink, get you some snacks and 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 enjoy okay it's the weekend baby y'all getting ready to go back to work those of you who took this week off um it's you know we, hey we're kicking in the front door in 24 okay very good very exciting things that are going on here on the hot job experience we will get into that on our sip and stir Saturday shenanigans when we do part two of rap 23 and let you know how we're going platinum and um we got some little shenanigans that we got to sip and stir on. So y'all get ready for that to drop. I'm going to start cutting up this little mini series of the cat pocalypse. Who in the hell left the gate open? The cat attack. Our response uh, mini series to the Cat Williams Club Shay Shay interview. So make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to your girl Kiwi305954 over on um on Instagram, Hot D Johns on everything else on your Twitter, 
on your Facebook and on YouTube, the Hot D. Johns Experience Podcast. Make sure that you check me out over there. As usual, guys, um, thank you for growing me. I can hardly wait to get with all of the exciting new things that we have in store. Um, and as I always like to say, take care of your business so your business don't handle your business so your business don't handle you. It's the Hot John experience. I love the experience with you. And we out. I'll see you on Sip and Stir Saturday Shenanigans. Make sure y'all check out this mini series. Peace. <laughs>